0: Section forty four of the History of Chemistry This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio. Interfaceaudio.com. The History of Chemistry by Thomas Thompson. Volume two, Chapter Three Progress of Scientific Chemistry in France part one chapter three progress of scientific chemistry in france i have already given an account of the state of chemistry in france during the earlier part of the eighteenth century as it was cultivated by the stahlian school but the new aspect which chemistry put on in britain in consequence of the discoveries of black cavendish and priestley and the conspicuous part which the gases newly made known was likely to take in the future progress of the science drew to the study of chemistry some time after the middle of the eighteenth century a man who was destined to produce a complete revolution and to introduce the same precision and the same accuracy of deductive reasoning which distinguishes the other branches of natural science this man was Lavoisier antoine laurent lavoisier was born in paris on the twenty sixth of august seventeen forty three his father being a man of opulence shared no expense on his education his taste for the physical sciences was early displayed and the progress which he made in them was uncommonly rapid in the year seventeen sixty four a prize was offered by the french government for the best and most economical method of lighting the streets of an extensive city young lavoisier though at that time only twenty-one years of age drew up a memoir on the subject which obtained the gold medal this essay was inserted in the memoirs of the french academy of sciences for seventeen sixty-eight it was during that year when he was only twenty-five years of age that he became a member of that scientific body by this time he was fully conscious of his own strength but he hesitated for some time to which of the sciences he should devote his attention he tried pretty early to determine experimentally some chemical questions which at that time drew the attention of practical chemists for example an elaborate paper of his appeared in the memoirs of the french academy for 1768 on the composition of gypsum a point at that time was not settled, but which Lavoisier proved, as magraff had done before him, to be a compound of sulphuric acid and lime. In the memoirs of the Academy for 1770, two papers of his appeared, the object which was to determine whether water could, as magraff had pretended, be converted into sea si issue by long-continued digestion in glass vessels. Lavoisier found as Marggraf stated that when water is digested for a long time in a glass retort a little silica makes its appearance But he showed that this silica was wholly derived from the retort Glass it is well known is a compound of silica and a fixed alkali When water is long digested on it the glass is slightly corroded a little alkali is dissolved in the water and a little silica separated in the form of a powder he turned a good deal of his attention also to geology and made repeated journeys with Guitard into almost every part of france the object in view was an accurate description of the mineralogical structure of france an object accomplished to a considerable extent by the indefatigable exertions of Guitard, who published different papers on the subject in the memoirs of the french academy accompanied with geological maps, which were at that time rare. The mathematical sciences also engrossed a considerable share of his attention. In short, he displayed no great predilection for one study more than another, but seemed to grasp at every branch of science with equal avidity. While in this state of suspension, he became acquainted with the new and unexpected discoveries of Black, Cavendish, and Priestley, respecting the gases. This opened a new creation to his view and finally determined him to devote himself to scientific chemistry in the year seventeen seventy four he published a volume under the title of essays physical and chemical it was divided into two parts the first part contained an historical detail of everything that had been done on the subject of airs from the time of paracelsus down to the year seventeen seventy four we have the opinions and experiments of von Helmont, Boyle, Hales, Borhav, Stahl, Vanell, Seleucis, Black, McBride, Cavendish, and Priestley. We have the history of Meyer's Acidum Pingue, and the controversy carried on in Germany, between Joaquin on one hand, and Kronz and Smith on the other. In the second part, Lavoisier relates his own experiments upon gaseous substances in the first four chapters he shows the truth of dr black's theory of fixed air in the fourth and fifth chapters he proves that when metallic calces are reduced by heating them with charcoal an elastic fluid is evolved precisely of the same nature with carbonic acid gas in the sixth chapter he shows that when metals are calcined their weight increases and that a portion of air equal to their increase in weight is absorbed from the surrounding atmosphere. He observed that in a given bulk of air calcination goes on to a certain point and then stops altogether, and that air in which metals have been calcined does not support combustion so well as it did before any such process was performed in it. He also burned phosphorus in a given volume of air, observe the diminution of volume of the air and the increase in the weight of the phosphorus nothing in these essays indicates the smallest suspicion that air was a mixture of two distinct fluids and that only one of them was concerned in combustion and calcination although this had been already deduced by scheele from his own experiments and though priestley had already discovered the existence and peculiar properties of oxygen gas it is obvious however that lavoisier was on the way to make these discoveries and had neither scheele nor priestley been fortunate enough to hit upon oxygen gas it is exceedingly likely that he would himself have been able to have made that discovery dr priestley however happened to be in paris towards the end of seventeen seventy four and exhibited to lavoisier in his own laboratory in paris the method of procuring oxygen gas from red oxide of mercury this discovery altered all his views and speedily suggested not only the nature of atmospheric air but also what happens during the calcination of metals and the combustion of burning bodies in general these opinions when once formed he prosecuted with unwearied industry for more than twelve years and after a vast number of experiments conducted with a degree of precision hitherto unattempted in chemical investigations he boldly undertook to disprove the existence of phlogiston altogether and to explain all the phenomena hitherto supposed to depend upon that principle by the simple combination or separation of oxygen from bodies in these opinions he had for some years no coadjutors or followers, till in 1785 Berthollet, at a meeting of the Academy of Sciences, declared himself a convert. He was followed by M. Fourcroy, and soon after Guyton de Morveau, who was at that time the editor of the chemical department of the Encyclopedia Methodique, was invited to Paris by Lavoisier, and prevailed upon to join the same party this was followed by a pretty vigorous controversy in which lavoisier and his associates gained a signal victory lavoisier after buffon and tillet was treasurer to the academy into the accounts of which he introduced both economy and order he was consulted by the national convention on the most eligible means of improving the manufacture of assignats and of augmenting the difficulty of forging them he turned his attention also to political economy, and between seventeen seventy eight and seventeen eighty five, he allotted two hundred and forty arpents in the vendumois to experimental agriculture and increased the ordinary produce by one half. In seventeen ninety one, the Constituent Assembly invited him to draw up a plan for rendering more simple the collection of the taxes, which produced an excellent report printed under the title of territorial riches of france in seventeen seventy six he was employed by turgot to inspect the manufactory of gunpowder which he made to carry one hundred and twenty toises instead of ninety it is pretty generally known that during the war of the american revolution the french gunpowder was much superior to the british but it is perhaps not so generally understood that for this superiority the french government were indebted to the abilities of lavoisier during the war of the french revolution the quality of the powder of the two nations was reversed the english being considerably superior to that of the french and capable of carrying further this was put to the test in a very remarkable way at cadiz during the horrors of the dictatorship of robespierre lavoisier began to suspect that he would be stripped of his property and informed lalande that he was extremely willing to work for his subsistence it was supposed that he meant to pursue the profession of an apothecary as most congenial to his studies but he was accused along with the other farmers general of defrauding the revenue and thrown into prison during that sanguinary period imprisonment and condemnation were synonymous terms accordingly on the eighth of may seventeen ninety four he suffered on the scaffold with twenty-eight farmers-general at the early age of fifty-one it has been alleged that fourcroy who at that time possessed considerable influence might have saved him had he been disposed to have exerted himself but this accusation has never been supported by any evidence lavoisier was a man of too much eminence to be overlooked and no accused person at that time could be saved unless he was forgotten a paper was presented to the tribunal drawn up by m Hallet, giving a catalogue of the works and a recapitulation of the merits of lavoisier but it was thrown aside without even being read and m Hallet had reason to congratulate himself that his useless attempts to save lavoisier did not terminate in his own destruction lavoisier was tall and possessed a countenance full of benignity through which his genius shone forth conspicuous he was mild humane sociable obliging and he displayed an incredible degree of activity his influence was great on account of his fortune his reputation and the place which he held in the treasury but all the use which he made of it was to do good his wife whom he married in seventeen seventy one was marie anna pirette pauls the daughter of a farmer-general who was put to death at the same time with her husband she herself was imprisoned but saved by the fortunate destruction of the dictator himself together with his abettors it would appear that she was able to save a considerable part of her husband's fortune she afterward married count rumford whom she survived besides his volume of physical and chemical essays and his element of chemistry published in 1789 Lavoisier was the author of no fewer than sixty memoirs which were published in the volume of the academy of sciences from 1772 to 1788 or in other periodical works of the time i shall take a short review of the most important of these memoirs dividing them into two parts one those that are not connected with his peculiar chemical theory and two those which were intended to disprove the existence of phlogiston and establish the anti phlogistic theory one i have already mentioned his paper on gypsum published in the memoirs of the academy for seventeen sixty eight he proves by very decisive experiments that this salt is a compound of sulphuric acid lime and water but this had been already done by margraf in a paper inserted into the memoirs of the berlin academy for seventeen fifty entitled an examination of the constituent parts of the stones that become luminous the most remarkable circumstance attending to this paper is that an interval of eighteen years should elapse without lavoisiers having any knowledge of this important paper of Margrave. Yet he quotes Pott and Cronstedt who had written on the same subject later than magraffe at least Cronstedt what makes this still more singular and unaccountable is that a french translation of margraf's opuscula had been published in Paris in the year seventeen sixty two that a man in lavoisier's circumstances who as appears from his paper had paid considerable attention to chemistry should not have perused the writings of one of the most eminent chemists that had ever existed when they were completely within his power constitutes i think one of the most extraordinary phenomena in the history of science two if a want of historical knowledge appears conspicuous in lavoisier's first chemical paper the same remark cannot be applied to his second paper on the nature of water and the experiments by which it has been attempted to prove the possibility of changing it into earth which was inserted in the memoirs of the french academy for 1770, this memoir is divided into two parts in the first he gives a history of the progress of opinions on the subject beginning with van helmont's celebrated experiment on the willow then relating those of boyle trewald miller eller gleditch bonnet kraft alston walerius hales duhamel stahl boerhoff jeffrey margroff and leroy the first part is interesting in a historical point of view and gives a very complete account of the progress of opinions upon the subject from the very first dawn of scientific chemistry down to his own time there is it is true a remarkable difference between the opinions of his predecessors respecting the conversion of water into earth and the experiments of Margraff on the composition of selenite the former were inaccurate and were recorded by him that they might be refuted but the experiments of Margraff were accurate and of the same nature with his own the second part of this memoir contains his own experiments made with much precision which went to show that the earth was derived from the retort in which the experiments of margraf were made and That we have no proof whatever that water may be converted into earth But these experiments of Lavoisier though they completely disprove the inferences that Margraff drew from his observations By no means demonstrated that water might not be converted into different animal and vegetable substances by the processes of digestion indeed there can be no doubt that this is the case and that the oxygen and hydrogen of which it is composed enter into the composition of by far the greater number of animal and vegetable bodies produced by the action of the functions of living animals and vegetables we have no evidence that the carbon another great constituent of vegetable bodies and the carbon and azote which constitute so great a proportion of animal substances have their origin from water they are probably derived from the food of plants and animals and from the atmosphere which surrounds them which contains both of these principles in abundance whether the silica lime alumina magnesia and iron that exist in small quantity in plants be derived from water and the atmosphere is a question which we are still unable to answer but the experiments of schrader which gained the prize offered by the berlin academy in the year eighteen hundred for the best essay on the following subject to determine the earthy constituents of the different kinds of corn and to ascertain whether these earthy parts are formed by the processes of vegetation show at least that we cannot account for their production in any other way schrader analyzed the seeds of wheat rye barley and oats and ascertained the quantity of earthy matter which each contained he then planted these different seeds in flowers of sulphur and in oxides of antimony and zinc watering them regularly with distilled water they vegetated very well he then dried the plants and analyzed what had been the produce of a given weight of seed and he found that the earthy matter in each was greater than it had been in the seeds from which they sprung now as the sulphur and oxides of zinc and antimony could furnish no earthy matter no other source remains but the water with which the plants were fed and the atmosphere with which they were surrounded it may be said indeed that earthy matter is always floating about in the atmosphere and that in this way they may have obtained all the addition of these principles which they contained this is an objection not easily obviated and yet it would require to be obviated before the question can be considered as answered three lavoisier's next paper inserted in the memoirs of the academy for seventeen seventy one was entitled calculations and observations on the project of the establishment of a steam engine to supply paris with water this memoir though long and valuable not being strictly speaking chemical i shall pass over mr watt's improvements seem to have been unknown to lavoisier indeed as his patent was only taken out in seventeen sixty nine and as several years elapsed before the merits of his new steam engine became generally known lavoisier's acquaintance with it in seventeen seventy one could hardly be expected four in seventeen seventy two we find a paper by lavoisier in the memoirs of the academy on the use of spirit of wine in the analysis of mineral waters he shows how the earthy muriates may be separated from the sulphates by digesting the mixed mass in alcohol this process no doubt facilitates the separation of the salts from each other but it is doubtful whether the method does not occasion new inaccuracies that more than compensate for the facility of such separations when different salts are dissolved in water in small quantities it may very well happen that they do not decompose each other being at too great a distance from each other to come within the sphere of mutual action thus it is possible that sulphate of soda and muriate of lime may exist together in the same water but if we concentrate this water very much and still more if we evaporate to dryness the two salts will gradually come into the sphere of mutual action a double decomposition will take place and there will be formed sulphate of lime and common salt if upon the dry residue we pour as much distilled water as was driven off by the evaporation we shall not be able to dissolve all the saline matter deposited a portion of sulphate of lime will remain in the state of a powder yet before the evaporation all the saline contents of the water were in solution and they continued in solution till the water was very much concentrated this is sufficient to show that the nature of the salts was altered by the evaporation if we digest the dry residue and spirit of wine we may dissolve a portion of muriate of lime if the quantity of that salt in the original water was greater than the sulphate of soda was capable of decomposing but if the quantity was just what the sulphate of soda could decompose the alcohol will dissolve nothing if it be strong enough or nothing but a little common salt if its specific gravity was above zero point eight twenty we cannot therefore depend upon the salts which we obtain after evaporating a mineral water to dryness being the same as those which existed in the mineral water itself the nature of the salts must always be determined some other way End of section forty four. Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio, interface audio dot com.